Okay, so we're going to discuss um, the induced fit model of enzyme catalysis. I want to make a quick specific specification from the previous module, and that has to do with the concept of activation energy and the free energy of the transition state. Um, I want to make it clear that these are separate quantities. Um, I think I said in the previous video that yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I said that they're interchangeable. They are, but just note that they're not the same thing. It's not like uh, the transition state energy, uh, free energy, um, is just another name for activation energy. They're separate quantities, but they have the same interpretation in that decreasing the, the free energy of the transition state decreases the activation energy. I just want to take this second just to make that quick clarification so you don't think that these all have errors in them. Okay, let's begin. So um, remember that enzymes are specified proteins or can be made partially of proteins, so they can have non-protein parts. Um, and substrates are molecules that enzymes act upon. Recall that the active site is a location on the enzyme. Um, and, and Well, let me finish this first. Location on the enzyme where the substrate binds and therefore where the reaction occurs, right? Because we know that uh, reactions occur when substrates bind to enzymes. What I was going to say before I had to finish this is that I want to make clear that the active site is not one single spot. It's not like every single enzyme has a single active site. They can have multiple active sites and they can have multiple allosteric sites. I'll, I'll get into this a little bit um, later on in the module. So enzymes are specific to certain substrates in that active sites are unique to specific substrates. Not all active sites automatically fit all substrates and vice versa. Therefore, this kind of incorporates an element of specificity to chemical reactions because uh, you need to choose the right enzymes or the right substrates for a specific reaction. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about the actual induced fit model. Uh, and this is a five-step process, but I don't really want to complicate it because a lot of us already know the process and really Khan Academy kind of details it. Um, I, I feel in a, they kind of overcomplicate a little bit. Um, so I'll go through it just in the interest of being, uh, uh, being consistent with Khan Academy. So let me begin. The first step is uh, the uh, stage where the enzyme and substrate are detached, so E plus S. Then you have step two, which is initial binding, and this is imperfect binding. So the enzyme substrate complex integrity is not at maximum strength. That's a fancy way of saying they're connected, but not very well, okay? They're a little rickety or whatever. Step three is the actual induced fit concept where both the substrate and the enzyme, specifically the active site of the enzyme, both the substrate and the active site alter their shape to maximize their interaction, the strength of their interaction. So at this step, they become glued together. Step four, and so so step three, that was um, E hyphen X, where X is neither a product nor a reactant. Um, and I didn't want to write E plus S again, because that's step one. So step three is E plus X. Um, so step four now is after the reaction, there is a similar binding in that they kind of, the enzyme active site and substrate return to their imperfect binding stage. Um, where they're, they're connected, but not perfectly. The only difference is, because you might say, well, okay, that's the same as step two, right? Imperfect binding. Yes, with one change, and that is the substrate has been altered. And that you know was because of the reaction. So if the reaction involved the splitting apart of the substrate or you know connecting the substrate to another piece, whatever it is, um, that's what happens. So after step four is after the reaction, the active site and substrate are connected, but the substrate has been altered, okay? Um, and so that I have written as EP1P2, okay, where P1 and P2 are the two parts of the original substrate. And I wrote 
them with no plus sign to show that they're still bonded together. Step five is the product is released. So you have E plus P1 plus P2. Let me recount this whole thing quickly, just, just to make sure. So you have step one, they're detached. Step two, you have initial imperfect binding. Step three, you have induced fit binding where they're perfectly binded, bound together um, because they both, the substrate and the enzyme uh, active site alter their shape to do this. Um, step four, you have after the reaction, you have imperfect binding with a changed substrate. And, uh, and that's specific to the reaction. And finally, you have the product is released. Note that the binding is strongest at the transition state. And this would be that induced fit, that step three of the process that I was talking about. That is the, tra the transition state where the binding is the strongest. That's really interesting. I want to throw that in because uh, we know that the, the transition state is the highest energy in like normal chemical reactions. And therefore, it is the least stable. So, but with enzymes here in this induced fit model, the, we call the transition state that, that point at which induced fit occurs, where they are glued together maximum strength. So I just want to throw that note in there really quickly. Uh, this is going back to um, what I said at the beginning, uh, that enzymes are capable of binding multiple substrates with the example of lactic acid fermentation. The reaction is pyruvate plus NADH yields lactic acid plus NAD+. And in this reaction, the lactate dehydrogenase enzyme fits two substrates, pyruvate and NADH. So the enzyme actually binds both the substrates. The reactants from this reaction that I specified, those reactants are both substrates. So pyruvate and NADH fit into active sites of lactate dehydrogenase. And so what we see is that because there are multiple substrates, we understand that enzymes have multiple active sites, right? Because it bonds both pyruvate, uh, uh, the enzyme lactate dehydrogenase binds both pyruvate and NADH substrates at the same time. So therefore it must have multiple active sites. Now I'm gonna move on to allosteric binding and I wanna begin by just specifying that allosteric site is actually just any site that does not, that are not active sites, okay? The allosteric site like the active site is not a single spot on the enzyme, but rather there are multiple allosteric sites just as there are multiple active sites. And we'll get into how we distinguish them in a little bit. Let me throw this in here though. Um, uh, molecules bind to sites other than the active site. That's the allosteric site. Uh, in the case of um, uh, inhibition practices, so you have non-competitive and competitive inhibition. You already know this, but I'm just going to say it for the official record. Non-competitive inhib inhibition is where the inhibitor binds to the allosteric site, which alters the active site shape, preventing substrate binding. That's non-competitive inhibition. Competitive inhibition is where an inhibitor binds to the active site. It literally beats the substrate to the active site, not allowing the substrate to bind to the active site and for a reaction to occur. Um, so this is all kind of uh, under the umbrella of allosteric binding. <clears throat> Um, now, uh, now to throw in some more bio biochemical terminology, allosterically binding molecules can either be activators or inhibitors. Okay, much like active sites themselves. So um, the act. So you know, if you bind an activator, that causes more action. If you bind an inhibitor, that causes less action. Um, Note that uh, the active sites are where reactions take place, whereas the allosteric sites are where regulation takes place. And this is that fundamental distinguishing characteristic that I was talking about. How do we distinguish allosteric from active sites? What, what is going on there? Is a reaction happening? Is a substrate being changed? 
you know, altered through a reaction? If it is, then that's an active site. If a substrate or an inhibitor, an activator, whatever, is not being changed, whatever, then it's an allosteric site. Okay, so again, active sites where reactions occur, allosteric sites where regulation occurs.